sit. I will sit. I will sit. I will sit. I will sit. In the chair of change. Amen. Amen. Glad you're here this morning. Let's pray together. Father, this morning we are here to hear from you. We're here to be changed by you. We put ourselves on the altar before you. We hold nothing back. We open our ears, our heart, and our life. Have your way, Lord. Nothing is off limits. Nothing is out of bounds. Speak to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. It's a new year. It's a time for uh, new plans, new goals, all that kind of stuff. I've tried to eat a little differently over the past year recently and kind of taken that to the next level in my life. And anytime you set out to do something new, that means you got to stop doing something old, right? And that's the hard part. It's hard walking past a Snickers bar. It's hard walking past some Coke, you know, it's hard, Coca-Cola. I just want to clarify that. I'm, yeah. Either would be hard. It's hard walking past some sweet tea at Raisin Cane's. So I don't, I still get it. So, <laughs> but uh, new patterns, new behavior, new way of thinking means breaking some old patterns, doing away with some old things, some things you might have been doing for a long time. Some stuff that's just become ingrained. Some stuff that just becomes habits. Uh, when Heather and I first got married, I somehow got into this pattern of thinking, 10 o'clock, bedtime, great. Time for a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and a can of Coke. I don't know why. I don't know if it's because the kids were, it was after the kids were born and really young. It was like, okay, just a moment to just chill out a little bit here. And I did that for a while. Until I had gallstones and had to get my gallbladder out. And I realized something needs to change here probably. So you got to do some new things. You got you to pick up some new ways, some new patterns. And that means breaking some old ways. But if you don't have a goal in mind, if you don't have a, a plan, then you won't have the motivation and motivation is what you need. Motivation is what you got to have if you're going to do something new. You got to have a picture of where you're going. You got to have a goal in mind. You got to say, I want to get this degree. I want to get this job. I want to get this promotion. I want to buy this car. I want to buy this product. I want to lose this many pounds. If you don't have the goal in mind, you'll, you'll fall in the midst of the struggle because changing the pattern introduces a struggle into your life. It does. And if you don't have something greater than the struggle, you'll get stuck in the struggle. But you get the goal in mind and you can move on. You can press through it. You can experience all that God has for you. And God has a goal for your life. You might have picked up some goals for your life this year. You might have said, in 2019, here's what I want to do. I can assure you this. God has some goals for your 2019. I hope that what you've got planned lines up with what he's got planned because he's, he's moving heaven and earth to make his plan work. He is. He is arranging all of the events of your life to bring his goals about for you. He is arranging every event, every person, every circumstance, every bill that comes in the mail, every check that comes in the mail. Every encounter you have with someone, every experience you have, every blessing and heartache, he is working toward a single purpose. And that purpose is for you to be shaped into the very image of Jesus Christ. And that's what he's moving heaven and earth to do. It's our goal to recognize that. It's our goal to see that. If his goal becomes your goal. You'll be working in cooperation and you'll find things moving a lot more smoothly. Yes. 
If your goals are contrary to his goals, it's going to be tough 2019 for you. I can assure you. Listen to what scripture says about this change. From 2 Corinthians, the apostle Paul writes, But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. If you're looking into the mirror of the glory of the Lord, which is Jesus himself and God's word, if you're looking into that mirror, if you're staring intently into it, the longer you gaze at it, the more you'll be transformed by it until you're becoming like him. The spirit of God starts working in you, starts changing you, starts transforming you, and you start to look like Jesus. You start to think like him. You start to feel like he feels. You start picking up his way of relating. You start having his thoughts. You start loving him more. You start trusting him more. You start surrendering more. And you end up being transformed into his glory a little bit more than you were before. Until you get into the next glory and then another story. A little more glory, a little more story. That's how life unfolds. He brings a story into you to transform you into his glory. Story, glory, story, glory. You got that? It's what God does. It's his pattern. If you don't understand the pattern, you'll, you'll be frustrated with life. But when you know the pattern, you'll still have struggles, but you'll say... Okay, God, I get it. This is story time. Because if you don't have story time, you don't get glory time. You bring some story time into your life and you recognize what he's doing, you'll get from story time to glory time. It's his pattern. It's what he does. He's transforming you. He's shaping you. And what we have to do is make sure at all times that we are in a position to stay changeable, moldable, shapeable, so that you don't say, "Uh, that's it, that's it, I don't want no more, no more, no more, I'm not going to do it. But you stay shapeable, moldable, like clay in his hands. That's why we've called this series, Change Me. And we've talked about the power of sitting in the chair of change. Being in the position where we say, okay, God, I want to be changed by you. And I submit, I surrender, do what you will. We've been looking at a passage of scripture. In fact, that's where we're going to camp out for two months, eight weeks. John chapter 15. If you want to go ahead and turn there, you can. Our message today is called Multiplication by Subtraction. This is not some funky new math that the state has uh, put upon schools today. This is the math pattern of God himself. He brings about multiplication in our life by subtraction. Now, you and I would say that doesn't happen that way. You can't multiply or you can't subtract and get a multiplied product. You just can't do that. But God can and he does. In John chapter 15, Jesus is speaking. He is on his way to the garden of Gethsemane with the disciples, having been in the upper room, having been in the place where he has washed their feet, having been in the place where they've just taken what we call the last supper, the Lord's supper, having been in the room where Judas will walk out to go and betray Jesus. Now Jesus and the disciples walk in the darkness to the garden of Gethsemane. And along the way, this chapter happens. Jesus is talking to them. John chapter 15. I'm going to read the verses one through eight. You can follow me along in your app or your Bible. I want to read the whole passage and then we're going to zoom in on a verse. One through eight says this, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, 
he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he's cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit. So you will be my disciples. Last week, we looked at verse 1 of this passage. And I I gave a challenge to us all. And uh, if you're here this week for the first time, you're not too late to the game. Because what we're doing is we're going to memorize this passage one verse at a time, one week at a time. So last week's was very basic. Verse 1 alone. This week, verse 2, which we're going to talk about in our message today. You're going to be very well aware of what verse 2 is. This is verse 1 from last week. I'm the true vine. My father's the vine dresser. Surely you can memorize that, right? There is great spiritual power, strength, depth, riches that come from memorizing and meditating on God's word. So I would encourage us as a church to do this. Memorize these verses. Each week, you're going to add one to it. You'll be surprised at the end of two months. You're going to know this entire passage. And what's going to happen the more you meditate on it, think about it, pray through it, ask God to speak to you through it, you'll find new insight unlocked. You'll find new depths of your relationship with God unlocked. And it'll begin because you chose to memorize these verses. So last week, verse 1, Jesus established some order that's pretty important. He said, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Jesus is uh, referring to a vineyard. He's referring to grape vines. He's referring to something like this. So I know here in Texas, we tend to call what Jesus called a branch. We tend to call uh, a vine, and we tend to call what Jesus called a vine a branch. So, like, if we see something thick, like it's growing up here from the base up toward the grapes, we say, that's a branch here in Texas, right? That's what we say. But when Jesus said that, he was referring to the vine. He said, Jesus, he said, I am the true vine because this vine goes down into the ground. It has the roots. It brings up the life and it provides it to where the grapes, where the fruit grows, which those are the branches. All right. So you got to flip your text and thought throughout this whole passage here. Jesus says, I am the vine. He says, I am this support. I am where life is. You are the branches. You are the smaller portion that come from the main vine. You are where the fruit is produced. And he said, my father, God the father, he is the vine dresser. In other words, he is the one that will move about and he will do what he must to make sure there is much fruit. That's what the vine dresser wants. He didn't want just a lot of leaves. He didn't want just a lot of branches He wants a lot of fruit. And so he will protect. He will provide. He will provide nourishment, protection from what might take the fruit and harm the branches so that there can be much fruit. So Jesus established the order. He is the true vine. Father is a vine dresser. And we are the branches. So let's zero in on verse 2 today. This is where we're going to camp out for a while. So Jesus says, Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. 
And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. So today, we're going to come away from this passage with some beautiful truth. But we're also going to learn some things about what it means to interpret Scripture. It's easy sometimes to get confused about what Scripture says and to get lost. And to even, I've known people that just say, I can't understand what it's all about. Just never mind. Doesn't make sense to me. Or they come across what seem to be troublesome verses. This is one, believe it or not. People read the beginning part of this where Jesus says, Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. He removes. And boy, there's a lot of different preaching about that verse. There are some preachers who would say, oh, well, that means that if there's a believer who's not bearing any fruit in their life, God will take them home. Ooh, that'll make you sit up all of a sudden, right? <laughs> there are some who say, if you're not bearing any fruit, he'll cut you off and remove you and you're done. He will cast you out. Some would say then you could lose your salvation. But this is where today we are going to understand this passage in light of other passages. Listen to me. When you interpret scripture and you come across something you don't understand, you go find truth that you know you understand. You start with what is known and you use that to interpret what is unknown. There's your Bible interpretation lesson for today. It's a powerful one. It applies to all of life. When you come across something you don't understand, go back to what you do understand and do that one thing. And use what you know for certainty to apply to what you don't know with uncertainty. Hello? Amen? Amen. It's true. So we're going to do that here with this passage today. Let's start with it. Every branch in me. Let's understand what Jesus is saying here. He's made it clear he's the vine and we are the branches, right? He's made it clear that the father's the vine dresser. And here he's making it clear that there are some branches, not just any branches, not just random branches. He says, every branch in me. In other words, every branch that is attached to me as the true vine, Jesus is saying. Jesus is talking about believers here. He's talking about those who have received life from the true vine. In me, he says. They have put their faith in Jesus Christ and they are born again. And if you have done that, if you have come to the place where you say, God, I recognize I am a sinner. I need a savior. I know Jesus died for me. I receive him his forgiveness, his life, and I will follow him. If you have prayed that with true faith, you have been born again. Amen? Amen. And once that happens, once new life has flowed into you, it cannot depart from you. Once you have been made grafted into the vine, you cannot be taken out of the vine. Hello? Let me just read a couple of verses just to nail this down. We're going to interpret this from some other truths. Jesus says in John 6, 37, all that the father gives me will come to me and whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. Amen. That's where our faith is. That's where our hope is. If I had to try to live my life Thinking that there could be some sin that I could commit this week that could get me cut off from the true vine, I'd be a nervous, miserable wreck. Amen? I wouldn't be able to sleep at night. I wouldn't have any peace. And I wouldn't be believing truth. Let me just read another passage from John as well. Chapter 10, verse 27. Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. And no one, 
No one, no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one, no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. If you've put your faith in Jesus Christ, you've come into the family, you're secure in the family. You haven't just become part that is in the hand, held by the hand, you've become part of the hand. You're in the body. Jesus, I mean, the Bible says in Philippians 1, 6, Paul said, I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion the day of Jesus Christ. What he has begun, he will finish. You didn't get here because you were good enough. You didn't get here because you were the best. You got here because of what Jesus did for us when we were at our worst. You got here because you believed and you received. That's what got you in. It's not about whether you've had enough good works in your life. It's not about one day standing in heaven and having a movie screen play of your life to see if you've had more good works than bad works. There's nothing in scripture that says that. It says that those who are saved have come only through Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. So now we interpret the passage when Jesus says, every branch in me, we know what he's talking about. Hello? He's talking about branches. He's very careful about saying every branch. There's no branch that Jesus and the Father don't see. No matter where you are, no matter what's happened, no matter what's come along this past week, this past month, this past year, he sees, he knows, and he cares. Every branch in me. He describes this first set of branches. Look what he says. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit. Now listen. We have to interpret this part based on what we know already. We know he's talking about believers. Amen? Amen. But what he says is there are some branches that do not bear fruit fruit. Hmm. They don't have evidence. They don't have the life being seen in them. They've got leaves. They've got long branches. They've got a form. But he says they don't have fruit. They're alive. They're attached to the vine. They're growing. They've got activity, but he says they are not bearing fruit. Now, let's just be clear when the Bible talks about fruit, what we're talking about here. So we go to Galatians, another fruit passage. Jot it down, Galatians 5, 22-23. The Bible tells us what the fruit is. The fruit of the Spirit, the evidence of God in your life is love Joy, peace, long-suffering or patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These are the evidences of the Spirit's work. These are the evidences of us cooperating with the Spirit in our life. And there are times, I think every one of us can testify... There are times that you have the life of Christ in you, but you're not having much fruit produced in you. Hello? You ever been to that moment where you feel like, I just, man, I'm really struggling. I got some people in my life that I, I ought to be loving, but I'm having a hard time doing that. I, I've got some uh, people I ought to be more patient with, but I'm having a hard time doing that. I should be being kind to this this person or these people, but I'm having a hard time doing that. I should have peace in my life right now, but I, I'm just struggling with that. I should have a greater joy in my life right now, but I'm just, I'm just not able to do that. You see, when that happens, something is wrong. Yeah. Amen? Something's not right. If you're attached to the vine, there ought to be life flowing through you and producing fruit in you. That should be what's happening. But Jesus said here, every branch in me, 
that at times is not bearing fruit. Can everybody relate? There are times I don't bear fruit. Amen? All right? Yep. Okay. Maybe the rest of you will admit it after a while. So there's something Jesus says that happens for those at times that are not bearing fruit. And, And here's what he says. He says, he takes away. Mm. Now we're back to trouble again. Now we're back to some confusion again. What's happening here, Jesus? I thought, uh, I thought we were secure in you. I thought I had life in you. I thought no one could snatch it away from me. I thought we were secure here. What's going on? He takes away Every branch not bearing fruit, he takes away what happens here. What's going on? This is where we have to do a little bit of Bible study. Hello? Okay. I don't know if you're, I don't know what your thing is. Everybody's kind of got their thing, right? Some people are into sports and man, they dig deep into sports. They got stats. They know what people do, what positions they play. I'm not going to talk about football today. We'll just talk about baseball today. We'll just look on to it. Well, maybe we should talk about hockey. So, uh, no, nothing against our Rangers, right? But, wow, man. Everybody's got... Say it again. So let's talk about cars. Carl and his cars. Everybody's got their thing. And what your thing is, you know a lot about. And you don't mind doing some reading about it. You don't mind doing a little reading up on it. If it's gardening, man, you've you got some websites you're following on Facebook. you got some stuff on Instagram you're following. If it's cars, I know Car- Carl's got some car knowledge here, right? That's his thing. Truett, our youngest, sports is his thing. He knows some football. He knows some baseball. He knows some stuff. And what your thing is, you'll dive into to better understand. Well, our all thing, the thing for all of us is understanding Scripture. Amen? Amen. It should be. So let's understand here just a little bit. Let's go just a little bit deeper. Don't wig out on me here just because I'm going to take you a little bit deeper than we normally go. All right? Stay with me. Because it's important you understand this passage. If you don't understand what Jesus is saying here, you'll miss the whole point. You'll walk away today more fearful than you will assured in your faith. Amen? I know the New King James says he takes away. If you were to read, however, and understand the original language that this verse was written in, if you were to go back and see the word that's used here, the word that we think means, right? That's what it seems to mean. No fruit. Gone. The word here that's used in the original language is actually the word that means to lift up and not take away. It's the same word that was used when Jesus talked with a man who was paralyzed. And all of a sudden, Jesus did a work in his life. And he said to him, take up your bed and walk. Same word used here. Interpreted takes away. There. Understood in other passages take up. It's the same word that's used after Jesus performed a miracle and fed a multitude with a few loaves and fish. And it says the disciples passed out all the bread to the multitude, the thousands that were there. And the Bible tells the story that afterwards the disciples went about with baskets and they took up the fragments that were left and filled the basket. The took up, same word used here. It's also the same word that Jesus used when he said, if you're going to be a follower of me, take up your cross and follow me. Take up. Now, if that really is the word meaning here, It changes things a little bit, doesn't it? Because you see, here's what happens. I I was reading a book by uh, Bruce Wilkinson, and he talked about having a conversation with a vineyard owner. And it said it cleared up everything for him. 
Bruce Wilkinson said that this vineyard owner said, you know, that verse right there, that word means take up, not take away. And Bruce said, yeah, but help me understand that. And the man said, here's what happens in the vineyard. You get vines that from time to, I'm sorry, branches. I'm going to undo my text in here. You get branches that want to do their own thing from time to time. It's just what branches do. They, they got life in them. They get excited like, whoa, let's go, right? And they're just growing off. They're just doing stuff, and, and they head off. They might even head off away from the trellis. Let me illustrate a little bit with our simple little trellis we got going on here. So, yeah, let's, uh, let's do this. You see, sometimes one of the branches will start heading off doing its thing. And he's thinking, woohoo, look at me! I am a branch! I am, I got leaves, I got stuff, I got life, I am really making a name for myself. I got riches, I got popularity, look at all my likes on Facebook, woo! He's just going on with life. I got a great job. I got a great car. And he's just heading off doing his own thing. Well, what happens over time is the branch starts venturing away from the main vine. And when you venture off from the main vine, you can't sustain your strength anymore. You can't sustain your ability anymore. And this vineyard owner said, Bruce, what happens is that vine eventually starts having to go down. Because it has lost its connection. It's still attached, but it's not intertwined with the vine anymore. Are you with me? All of a sudden, he's out here on his own, and there's nothing out here. He said, I I don't need other believers in my life. I don't need to be connected. I don't need to be sharing my life. I got this. I can do this. Well, what happens is that branch ends up on the ground. And when a branch is on the ground, he can't bear any fruit. This vineyard owner says, what happens is then the leaves start getting dusty because they're in the dirt. They get, they get dirt on them. They couldn't get back up anyway, but now they're covered in dirt. Some moisture comes from the dew or rain, and now the, the dirt has softened. The leaves have gone down into it in the mud. And now this branch is caught up in the mud. And when a branch is in the mud, it cannot bear fruit. Fruit only comes when we are lifted up Amen. and intertwined with the vine and the other branches. So now, this vine that has this branch that has the life of the vine in it is on the ground and it cannot bear fruit. So when Jesus says, every branch in me that does not bear fruit... He most likely was talking about this in the dirt, far away, no connection with the other branches, unable to bear any fruit. Jesus says, Every branch like this, the fine dresser comes and he lifts up. Amen? You don't take this and cut it and remove it. It's filled with life. Why would you cut it off and remove it? He says what the vine dresser does is he lifts it up. He takes it up and he lovingly puts it back near the vine. He puts it back into the place of the other branches 
so that they can intertwine their lives together and be the protection that they need and then produce the fruit that they need. Amen? It changes the understanding of the verse, right? Every branch in me that does not bear fruit. In that moment, in that time when you feel like, and you know, you don't just feel it, you know you're not bearing any fruit because you've wandered off, tried to do your own thing, you've gotten down dirty, you've gotten in the mud, you've gotten in the muck, and there's no way you could produce any fruit even if you tried. The vine dresser comes along not to step on, not to condemn, not to cut, throw away, but to lift up and bring back close so that you can bear fruit. Amen? Amen. Amen. He comes to cleanse you, to wash off the muck, to remove the dirt, to pick you up, to put you close. He comes to lift you up so you can live him out. Amen? Amen. It's a twist on something you might know. (laughs) He's come to lift you up, not cast you out. But Jesus isn't finished. He continues in this conversation, this incredible lesson that's rich in meaning. He says next, and every branch that bears fruit. Hmm, okay. We're getting to a, a different part of the lesson. Now, Jesus shifts gears. There are branches that are attached to the vine, and they are bearing fruit. That's a great thing. You'd think that Jesus would next say, they get a standing ovation. Woohoo, fruit bearer. Yeah, awesome. Grapes. Way to go. You are grape. Yeah. Sorry. Just thought I'd try to squeeze that one out. So, (laughs) I've got a bunch more. So, bunch, get it? Bunch more. Come on! Follow me in this. So, branches, did I miss something? Thank you, Linda. She won't stomp me. Well, good, then I won't whine. So, (laughs) yeah, yes. Now, Linda and I could do this for hours back and forth. We won't right now, though. Right, Linda? Thank you. All right. (laughs) Yeah. Mm. I'm training my mind to not do that. Okay, so uh, fruit. Every branch that does bear fruit. Man, we get excited about that. Woo, look at me. I'm loving my neighbor. Yeah, you know. Your neighbor does something that you don't like, and you're like, okay, God. I know, I know, I'm supposed to love them. I'm going to do that. I'm going to love them, Lord. And we do, you know, we sacrifice in some small way. Maybe it's a big way. And afterwards, we're like, hey, honey, I just uh, helped the neighbor out today. You mean the ones that have been giving us trouble? Yeah, but I I helped them out. And they're like, aren't you going to pat me on the back? I love them. They were unlovely, but I love them. That's kind of what we do. We think, okay, I'm really, I'm doing your work, Lord. I'm a branch in you that's bearing fruit. Don't I get something for that? Don't I get a little bit of applause, a little bit of recognition, a little bit of blessing coming from that? And Jesus says, you know, the vine dresser has something for those branches that bear fruit. He prunes. What? Yes, the branch that's bearing fruit, he prunes. No, the verse is not mixed up. It's not turned around. I didn't print it in the wrong order on the screen. This is exactly what was intended. Jesus says, you've got to understand the lesson of the vineyard. Branches that are not bearing, they need to be lifted up, brought back close. Branches that are bearing fruit, there's something that happens for them. They they get pruned. And I don't mean they get shriveled up. They get cut, limited, reduced. 
they have things removed from them. Pruning. I get nervous just opening these things, right? Because this is sharp right here. This will cut stuff. This will cut your finger off. This will cut a branch. And you wouldn't think that what you'd want to do with a branch that's got fruit is to cut it. Think, wait a minute, it's got fruit. Leave it alone. But the vine dresser is far more wise than the branches. You see, branches left to themselves would prefer to just make more leaves. Branches have to be pruned to make more fruit. Talk to anyone that's got fruit vines at their house. Talk to any horticulturalist. Talk to Jesus. And he says, if I see a branch that's doing well, that's producing fruit, I'm coming to him. Because my goal is more fruit. I want to see more. This will be the vine dresser speaking. I want to see more of the vine's life in them. I want to see not just more leaves, but more fruit. Which, by the way, the fruit is not for the benefit of the branches. Fruit is for the benefit of others. Amen. Amen? So Jesus is teaching a lesson here to the disciples. One about his own life, really, and about what's about to happen. He says, when there's fruit, be assured. The vine dresser is going to come along and he's going to prune. He's going to limit. He's going to look where there has been some fruit displayed. And he's going to come along and cut. He's going to restrict it. And if you, were to, if you were to take a snapshot of that moment, you might think, what are you doing? You're about to totally mess that thing up. You're going to cause it to never bear any fruit again. But the vine dresser says, no, I know how to prune where it needs to be, when it needs to be, so that more fruit can be seen in the next season. Story, glory. Pruning season, fruit season. Jesus doesn't, I'm sorry, the vine dresser doesn't prune in the fruit season. He prunes at the end so there can be more fruit in the next season. That's his desire. You're not going to reach a point in your life where all of a sudden you've got it all figured out with God. You've changed all you need to with God. It doesn't work that way. You'll spend from here to eternity still having the vine dresser prune, limit, cut, restrict, redirect, lift you up so that you can produce more fruit. And when you understand his story, then the fruit will become to you your glory. Amen? Amen? That's the way the vine dresser works. So let me... Let me try to narrow this down pretty succinctly in how the vine dresser prunes. I want to talk to you about how that happens in our life today. I want us to put it together. We're not just talking about Bible talk that has no relevance to our life. We are talking about the most relevant, applicable truth that we could all take in today. Here's what's going to happen. God will gently approach a very specific area in your life when he's ready to prune. He won't just give you a generalized feeling of, I'm against you. That's not from him. That's from the enemy. When God's spirit is speaking to you, he speaks very 
pointedly, very specifically. The vine dresser, if he were coming to cut a branch that had been bearing fruit, he would approach that specific branch. He would hold it in his hand. It would be that important to him. And he would carefully and tenderly cut so that it might be removed. Want me to remove it? There's a wire inside it. (laughs) He cuts. He prunes. He says, this part, though you have become accustomed to it, though you think it's pretty cool, though you like it, though you like how people compliment you about it, this part I'm going to have to remove. Because if you keep this, you can't bear fruit. I'm going to limit what you have so that the life will flow to fruit, not to leaves. So here's what's going to happen. God's going to speak to you specifically. And it will be consistent with his word, the Bible. Okay? It will reflect what he says because the Bible itself calls itself the sword of the Spirit. When God wants to speak, he will use his word and he will approach an area in your life with great specificity. He'll clearly speak to an area and he will say, I need this part to be removed. This part needs to change. This part needs to come away. I need to limit you. You're excited about a lot of things, but my goal is fruit. So pruning must happen. The Spirit of God will speak specifically. He'll speak by His Spirit. In other words, if you're a believer, you're going to sense Him speaking. It's the Spirit of God. I was outside yesterday with Riley. And we were talking, and I said, do you feel the wind blowing? And she said, yes. Where is the wind? Well, you you can't see the wind, but you can feel the wind blow. Jesus said the Spirit of God is like that. You can't see him, but he's real. And he will speak because he's in you. And he will speak clearly. Your goal is to listen, to get the stuff out of your ears like Caleb talked about in his dream so that you can clearly hear him so he doesn't sound like, who knows what that is? Thank you. We'll save that. Yeah, different book altogether. God speaks by his spirit for you to clearly hear and he will call you from time to time to cut some areas and limit them to no longer do what you had been doing to change so that fruit can be produced in you he'll call you to change patterns that you have developed patterns of Coca-Cola and peanut butter and jelly at 10 o'clock Not a good pattern. He'll call you to change stuff like that. He'll call you to change some attitudes that you've developed, that you've kind of put your dependence in. Attitudes of arrogance or attitudes of hopelessness. He'll call you and call you out of those, to prune those, to remove them. He'll call you to prune some ways that you've been relating to people. Some ways that you have developed some resentments. Some ways that you've developed some dependences on some people. 
some ways that you've developed some anger, some ways that you've developed some fears, and he'll call you out of all those things, and he'll say, it's time to prune those from your life. It's time to reduce down a little bit so the fruit of my life can be seen in you, not the fruit of your work being seen in you. It'll change some ways you think, and the thing about pruning is it's, it's always painful. You, you, don't, you don't endure this without some pain. And the thing about pruning is when it first happens, you think, that's such a loss. That, was, that part was beautiful. It, it provided me shade. It was a part of me. And now it's gone. There's pain. There's loss. And then there's time. Because once it's pruned, it doesn't automatically just... grow new fruit. Fruit comes in the next season as more life is received from the vine. And time takes place. And when you get pruned, sometimes you don't see where this is all headed, where this is going. God, why are you cutting this out of my life? God, why is this happening to me? God, what are you doing? And this is where we trust and this is where we rest in the vine dresser because he's so set on fruit in your life that he's willing to risk your comfort. He's willing to risk some pain. He's even willing to risk you completely misunderstanding why it's happening toward one end that you may bear more fruit. You say, well, I wouldn't choose this path. Of course you wouldn't. You're a branch. You're not a vine dresser. You've got to rely on the vine dresser to direct your path. And Jesus says all of this happens that it may bear more fruit so that you and I as branches might experience more of the Father's love than we ever have before. More of his peace than we ever have before. I know uh, if you've been around Vertical for a while, you know the story of Rob Tarver. It's one of our most watched videos on our YouTube channel. Rob, Joyce are here. Rob's story of cancer, unexpected. Rob's story of treatment, a story that at first didn't have any glory. But They've trusted the Lord through it. And just recently, Rob, you got a report. What was it? Say it again. Everything is well. Amen. He went through a story so he could experience a greater glory. And there are some areas in our life that God is wanting to prune. You want to walk into 2019 and make some changes in your life? I'm just going to suggest some. I'm not the vine dresser. I just happen to work in the vineyard alongside him. Amen? I'm attached to the vine. I've seen his work. I've felt his work before. I know what he comes in and I've seen what he cuts. I can almost predict where it's going to happen, but I can't know because he's the vine dresser. I'm not. Let me just point out a few. It could be that God's, the vine dressers come along and he's wanting to prune your language because some of the words that you say really don't sound a lot like fruit. And he's wanting to change what you say so that the fruit of your lips is a giving of thanks instead of a giving of complaint. Amen? I've seen the Father prune anger out of people's lives too. He comes along and addresses rage, anger. And he wants it pruned from our lives so we can be people who have the fruit of patience. It's a much more delectable thing. It's a fruit. It could be that the father's coming along and he's wanting to prune some resentment in your life. Some people have hurt you. 
And boy, you've got it all stuck. And that's all you can think about is that face and what they did. And you, you rage about it. You, you're bitter about it. And the Father will come along. He'll prune that so that you can experience the fruit of forgiveness in your life. I've seen the Father come along and prune alcohol out of people's lives too. It's an easy piece. It looks delectable, seems enjoyable, but leads down a destructive path. And I've seen the Father prune that out of people's lives so that they can find that their joy is in the Holy Spirit and not in anything else. I've seen the Father come along and prune lust out of people's lives because they've they found themselves enamored in another image than in the joy that's in him. I've seen the, the Father prove, prune defeat out of lives. They've walked in this defeat and discouragement for so long, and he comes along and he wants to cut that out and remove it so that you can know victory. I've seen the Father come along and, and, and prune screen time out of people's lives. Prune all that time you're spending before your TV, your computer, your phone, whatever it is. It's, it's sucking up all your time and you're not able to put your focus on his word because you're so worried about everybody else's words. And he says, I'm ready to, I'm ready to prune that in your life so you can get to a, a different place. You can have the fruit of my, my word in your life. I'm, I'm ready to prune some complaining out of your life so that you can be one who sees the blade coming and not reject it. Don't complain about it when it comes your way. Amen. Don't be frustrated by it. Rejoice in it. You know, it really all comes down to a critical moment. When the, when the vine dresser is approaching the vine, if the vine, I'm sorry, the branches, if the branches could speak, they'd have a couple of options. They could say, oh no, here he comes. He's about to cut us. He's about to take away from us. It's going to be a miserable 2019. Or the branch could say, here he comes. I remember what he did before. He cut away stuff in my life. I saw fruit like I'd never seen after that. I love it when he comes. I'm ready. God, I'm ready to sit in the chair of change. I'll do what you want. Cut what you will. Remove what you must. I am the branch. You are the vine dresser. And your son, he's the vine. I will. I will change. I close today by reading the end of Romans chapter 8. It's what you would want to say if you're a branch. Why don't you bow your heads and just listen. Let this be the Father speaking to you. Let the Spirit use His Word to prune, cut what He will. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son. And what should we say to these things? If God's for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own Son but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It's God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died, and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Who shall separate us from this love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, 
our Lord. Father, whatever you have for us today, we put ourselves in the chair of change. Father, today we recognize that your hand is guided by love and nothing else. You see what we don't. You know what we can't. You cut and prune and lift up and direct by your wisdom and your power so that we might experience more of you. And today, as your people, we say, we love you. We recognize your power. And we place ourselves in your hands. Cut. Remove. Prune. Lift up. That we might be a people who bear fruit for others. We pray this all. In the strong, powerful name of Jesus, the true vine. Amen. Amen. This morning, I'm going to ask you just to sit where you are for a moment. We have a new song today. Listen to it. There'll be a time for us to sing. But I want you to listen. And let this be your response to the vine dresser. Amen. I really hope you enjoyed today's broadcast. I hope it has inspired you to lift him up and live him out. If you'd like to know more about Vertical Church, check us out online at verticalchurchovilla.com. We'll see you next time.